Welcome to Treasure Time Podcast, which is all about growing up happy. You're here with podcast hosts Sophia Giblin and Nicole McDonald, the founders of Treasure Time. And they're here to offer advice on building your children's resilience during difficult times. Make sure to tune in every Tuesday and Thursday for bite-sized, playful tips and activities that can easily be implemented straight away to help support your family's mental and emotional health and well-being. Hey, it's Sophia and Nicole. Welcome to the Treasure Time podcast, Growing Up Happy. So today's podcast is all about helping children to feel safe and calm. Nicole, how has this episode come about? So this week, Sophia has been a roller coaster of emotions and such enormous changes to her daily lives. It's happened so quickly and not a lot of time to, to react or respond, process it. And I've been talking to a lot of parents who are dealing with different emotional needs for their children and themselves as they try and kind of process and make sense of it all. It's hard, isn't it? I think we're all trying to make sense of it. So it's no wonder that our children are finding it difficult at times as we are still trying to figure it all out for ourselves as adults. So I guess that's where we need to start is with ourselves so that we can then help our children to work their way through it as well. Exactly. And that it is really hard right now because as parents, your natural instinct is to kind of protect the children and help them feel safe and secure. But the reality is, as parents, we are all feeling a certain degree of fear. We're being really anxious of what the future might hold. And there's lots of moments of positivity where you feel great and you're like, it's okay, this will be fine. And then you, you ride that roller coaster and you're back down into extreme fear. So I think we're all going through this cycle of at different you know, moments of time and at different parts of the day. In, in that, how do you think we can recognise when our children don't feel safe and, and what's, what signs will we, we be able to see? How can we tell? Yeah, so I think the first thing that we can distinguish is the between physical safety and psychological safety. So physically, we might be safe. We might be in our homes, we might be washing our hands, um, doing all the things that we're being told that we need to do. Uh, and also, we're not in any physical danger if we're looking after ourselves and keeping well. So that is, it can be something that breeds a bit of anxiety because there, there is the underlying fear that, well, what if it's not all well, right? Mm, yeah, so that's, totally. That's the physical part of it. But I think that the bigger part of it here is that our sense of psychological safety has been shaken for everybody, um, particularly for us as adults, because we everything's so uncertain. And then there's so many questions that come up about it. What does this mean for us? What does this mean for our children? What does this mean for our jobs, for our mortgages, for the economy? All of this stuff, it breeds real psychological fear. So when we're thinking about our children, even though they may be physically safe and we're keeping them physically safe because that's our jobs as parents, psychologically, they're probably going through similar sorts of things that we are. However, their sense of psychological safety comes from us from our ability to be secure and stable for them. So when children see us acting in, in ways that are out, driven by fear, it can compromise their sense of psychological safety because all of a sudden things are different, things are not consistent, things are not predictable, our moods aren't predictable, children may be seeing us being fearful. And so in terms of behaviours, 
We can notice it in adults as well when we see people acting from a place of fear. We start to do things like stockpiling or hoarding toilet rolls or this this is all behavior that's driven out of fear. And, and actually, I've been seeing it at the supermarkets, people having fights and shouting at each other. And it is because we're all living in a little bit more of a fearful state. So I think it's useful to think about adults and children's behaviors because actually we do the same behaviors all the time. It's just that it's more acceptable usually for an adult behave to behave in a certain way than it is for children to behave in a certain way. So with children, we might see all kinds of behavior. So there are children that typically will upregulate when they feel unsafe, which means that they'll, they'll do more behaviors that look like them potentially um, attention seeking, we might call it, but I, I would call it attachment seeking, seeking connection. So they might start to behave in ways that make them bigger, make them louder, make them more noticeable because they really need us to see them and for them to feel safe and secure. But then on the other hand, you have children who might downregulate their behavior, which means going in internal, going inside, being quiet. They, you might see more behavior that's maybe you would call clingy, children sticking to you, children feeling more overly emotional than normal. There's all kinds of things. And I think the, the thing that we need to distinguish really is between what's behavior just because children are, I mean, I never subscribe to this anyway, the, the notion that children are just naughty. They're not. They're always communicating a need. And right now, the needs are to feel psychologically safe in times when it is confusing and it is scary. Even as adults, when it's confusing and scary for us, it's even more confusing and scary for children because they don't have the capacity to process in the same way that we do. Yeah. And I, I think we, we are seeing, you know, from all the parents I'm talking to, even even my personal experience, we, we're seeing that behavior in, in both adults and, and, and children. And it, what, what are the things that will feed into the child feeling unsafe right now? So we, we know what's feeding into us as adults feeling unsafe. Um, you know, you only need to turn on the news. But what is it that children will be tapping into that feed into this feeling of their their little world no longer being safe for them it's very similar actually to to what it is for us as adults so if we imagine ourselves as a safe haven a safe space for our children when we are calm and consistent and predictable and um centered really our children tend to feel calm and centered themselves. But when we go off center and when we start to feel panicked and stressed, it has a a real knock-on impact on children because they're so perceptive. They pick up on so much. And even more so if they're being exposed to conversations about how scary things are or uh, the news or adult, more adult topics. And I understand, obviously, this is something that we're all going through right now. It's something that children are acutely aware of, but it's not something that they can really be able to understand. And so the the main thing that I think we have to remember is to still treat children like children during this time. Yes, it's important to explain things to them, but in child-friendly and age-appropriate terms. But I think that sometimes we can get caught in the cycle of talking to children about things that maybe, you know, maybe they don't necessarily need to know about uh, or maybe we're talking to them in a way that is too adult for them and so what I like to remind parents is that 
we can always bring it back to play and remember to be playful with our children. Even if you're wanting to explain what coronavirus is to your child, you could do it in a playful way. You could get out Play-Doh and you could make what you think the coronavirus actually looks like out of Play-Doh, or you could draw splatter pictures with what a virus looks like whilst you explain it. But in these ways, you're talking the child's language, so it's less scary already because they can understand things better through play than they can through talking. So I just recommend that we keep it playful with our children and we don't over-explain or over-talk about things that are very adult around them or to them. That's a really good idea to get the Play-Doh out and, and make it, uh, make, make it a, a game as you explain it. I, I like that idea. Um, how, how in that sort of, with all of, with all of the context of everything you've just said, how, if there was one thing we could do to best help our children feel safe and calm, what, what would you recommend parents do right now? So in terms of a playful activity that you could do, there's something really lovely, actually, that, um, that will, will help children to feel safe and calm, and that is building a den. And it sounds like the most simple thing that you could do, but children will create their own little sense of safety within a physical space, particularly within the home. So obviously the home is a safe space, but at this time, home might feel like also a little bit of a scary and unpredictable place because of everything that's going on. So what we can do is create a little space within the home that is extra, extra, extra safe that children can make themselves, they can make with you. And in that space, you can create a really lovely nurturing environment with them. And so there's all sorts of psychological reasoning for creating a den. It's like creating a little womb space. It's, it's physical safety, it's emotional safety. And if you use that space as a nurturing space to maybe do things like reading stories or You could even do your coronavirus splatter paintings or Play-Doh in there. It's like it provides an extra layer of sheltering for the children. Oh, that's really great. I think that's so, so interesting. My boys actually this week during one of the moments where I was trying to like be playful with them because I'm, I'm quite playful instinctively, but I have not been playful most of this week there's definitely I've been hit by the fear stick too many times this week and um I, I was in a moment of trying to be playful and I gave the kids two or three choices of things we could do in the afternoon and they chose to build the den and they got so excited and they spent a good 40 minutes like choosing um they got they got the blankets they got the torches to use inside from camping they had pillows and throws and they, they did it under the kitchen table, then they moved all the chairs out and made it a really massive den, actually. And, you know, there wasn't a pillow that was, was left on the sofa or, or beds upstairs. And, and they loved it and they created a front door and, you know, they were really, really excited by it. And, and they, they actually took about 40 minutes building it together, the, t- the two of them, before they even got inside. Yeah, well, that's part of the play. That, so this is, um, it's so interesting because children will do what they know they need in play. So it's not really surprising then, is it, that your boys would pick to build a den in a time when it feels very unsafe, they would choose to play in a way that makes them feel safe. And part of that, yeah. that 40 minutes of building is actually 40 minutes of creating safety in it from like a psychology point of view or from a, a play point of view. That is the play. So everything that comes afterwards is 
is additional, it's nurturing, it's on top, it's, it's a layer. Um, but the actual building of the den is like the creation of safety. That is so good. Oh, I, I hope loads of children, parents listen to this and lots of children enjoy building dens. Yeah, absolutely. Together, families doing it together over, over the coming weeks. That'd be, that's, it's a, a fantastic idea. And it's super easy to do as well. So all you need are some blankets, some towels, some throws, some pillows and a space in which to do it. And our job as parents is just to create space and we can just allow the children then to play within the realm of or within the boundaries of the time that they have available and the physical space that they have available. And I just recommend then that anybody doing this with their child, just think about where your child might need their den. So Nicole said her boys made theirs under the kitchen table, which was probably is okay until dinner time, right? <laughs> then you actually yeah. need to use the yeah, table. We had to clear the den away, but I love what you were saying earlier about creating it and it's something you go back to and read stories. So, you know, it's making me think, gosh, I want to suggest doing that again, but doing it in a place that they could just leave it up. Yeah, absolutely. So you could do it. So you've got obviously your two boys, maybe with a den that they build together. But you actually might even find that your children need their own den in their own room as well, if they have it. or if they're sharing a room, two dens in that same space so that they have their own as well, that might be important for some children. It's really good. Yeah. And also the other Thank thing you. is that if, if you don't have a den or you don't have the capabilities or some children really love a little pop-up tent as well. So it's the same type of thing. It's that contained space that can feel really safe during this time. So I'd highly, highly recommend some den building this week. Thank you so much, Sophia. That, that I'm looking forward to hearing about all the children across the country building dens. Um, if you could follow us on Instagram, our handles at Treasure Time UK, or like us on Facebook, you can find out more at treasuretime.co.uk. And if you can post your dens with your children's permission, just tag us at Treasure Time UK. You'll be entered into a draw to win the Treasure Time course and a year's worth of membership to our exclusive Facebook community, where you can get lots more advice and weekly live Q&As with Sophia. So don't forget to add hashtag Treasure Time and we look forward to seeing your dance. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to go to iTunes and click subscribe so you get notified when our new episodes come out. And we'd love it if you could head over to iTunes to give us a five-star review and say some lovely words. And in our next episode, we'll be talking about homeschooling and distance learning. So we look forward to seeing you there. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. This episode was produced by a podcast company. If you're thinking about making a podcast and changing lives just like the show you just heard, then make sure to drop me an email, jason at apodcastcompany.com. And let's see if we can help you like we've helped Treasure Time.